You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. How many of you were here this morning? Now, if you missed this morning, I really want to encourage you to go and get that word. It is on our live stream platform, and I want you to make sure that you're part of it. We're talking about walking in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Walking in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because I've noticed that when you see people that worry and are concerned and struggling and battling and not sure what's going to happen, what's going to happen tomorrow, uh, you know, panicking, whatever, it's because we've lost sight of who our God is. Uh, Hebrews 11:6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you believe God is, and that means he's with you, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if you're aware of the presence of God, you will always experience his grace and his power and his anointing. God will never invade where he's not welcomed. It's not like the Holy, uh, he's not like the devil. The devil takes over and he tries to possess people. God only go- goes where he's invited. He says, you knock and you open the door, I will enter in. And so as we go about, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to say, God, we want everything that you have for us. We're not holding back. We're not a religious ritual place. We don't go through the motions just so we can tick the box for the weekend. I come into the presence of God. I come into the gathering with everybody here. Do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Why? Because we want to hear from heaven. We want to be filled with faith. We are the church of Jesus Christ. This world needs answers. You are that answer. It's an amazing thing. You know, we are all individuals, the Bible says. But we call as the body of Christ. See, when God looks at us, he sees one person, Christ. You getting this? We are the body of Christ. One spirit, one with him. Just as God is one, as the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, we are one. Sitting here, one person born again in the image of God. Wherever you are in your own individual body, your individual members of the body of Christ. Come on, my, you, you know, I got 10 fingers, but I'm not, you know, it, it, we are, it's, it's one body. So when I walked in, people didn't say, oh, yes, Pastor Alan's head and his legs and his feet and his toes and his, and, and his arms and his hand. No, one person. Got that? So the same way we are one spirit with God. In other words, wherever you are, God is. Say that wherever I am, God is. We don't have to beg for God's presence. He is right there with you. Someone says, but I don't feel him. You don't have to feel him. Just know he is there. It's nice to feel him. And you will experience his presence. But we are here to walk in the fullness of what he has for us. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of who? the Spirit, to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Remember, Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan. When he came out, the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. 
He had the Holy Spirit enter into his life. And he was taken into the wilderness. Devil tried to tempt him three occasions. And every time he resisted saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. Can you say that? You have exactly the same power Jesus had available. Jesus didn't use some foreign, weird, heavenly weapon that we don't know how to use. He used the Word of God that he had read and believed and spoke. The enemy has no counterattack against the Word of God. Renew your mind to that. When you say it is written, the enemy will still try to get on your case and use fear and you wonder and you look at the circumstances, looks like it hasn't changed yet. Remember Jesus when he spoke to the tree that doesn't have the figs on it? He said, no one eats fruit from you ever again. And he walked away from that tree. He didn't look back at it. He didn't try and go and curse it again. Even that night when they walked past, nothing had happened because only the next morning Peter pointed out, look, the tree you cursed has withered away. Now, if he was looking for that tree, he looked at it when they went home that night. And nothing had changed. You notice Jesus walked past it in the evening. And in the morning, he would have walked right past it again, even though the tree had withered. He didn't turn around and say, oh, thank God it worked. No, he would have walked right past it because when he said something, it settled. He didn't even have to see if it did or did not work. He didn't care. The fact that he said it doesn't matter how it happens, who does it, whether some animal eats it, whether some guy tears it out, whether they use a tractor to pull it out, someone puts poison on it. He doesn't care the how. He spoke. And the fact that he spoke... He doesn't care how, he doesn't care when, in his mind, it's done. Why? Because he knew his God. In the same way, family, you have that same power in you. I said you have the same power in you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. With the? The Holy Spirit carries the power. And then he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because he was mighty Jesus. <laughs> that, that's what, sometimes what we think. No, for God was with him. Now you know that Jesus is God. John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And that Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Verse 14, that's Jesus. But you notice here, he didn't say he did the work and power because he's God. Why? He had emptied himself of that power. He came as a servant. He had to walk the earth as a man. Why? Because man gave the earth up. Jesus had to get it back as a man. God had placed the authority in man's mouth. So he didn't come as God because that would be illegal from God's perspective of his word. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. A man had to get it back. So Jesus came as that man. But to be a legal man in the earth, he had to come born as a baby, grow in wisdom and stature. In other words, go through the same process that any other human would have to go through. But you notice he did it without sin. I said he did it without sin. And that's what set him apart. But now... He didn't do the work because he never sinned. He did the work because of God with him. God with him. Now that you've given your life to Jesus, his death and resurrection, when he paid the full price for sin, the moment you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you enter into that same state of being without sin. Oh, Jesus. 
Did you get that? Now, I know the devil wants to point out what you did wrong, but that's not the point. You don't go to heaven, uh, heaven or hell based on what you did. For by grace you saved by faith. It's not of yourself. It's not because of your works, lest any man should boast. It's because of his grace. By grace you saved by faith. And you are made the righteousness of God. Why? He was made to be sin with your sin. So if he was made to be sin with your sin, he removed all your sin. No one goes to hell for sin. Sin is paid for. Well, how come people end up going to hell? Because they don't believe. Jesus said it himself. Those that believe are saved. Those who do not believe are condemned. Didn't he say that? Did he say that? I want to make sure we're all up to speed here. Amen. I'm quoting word to you. This is what Jesus said. I know our traditions tell us otherwise. And we feel all yucky when we sin. We think we're going to go to hell. No, it's when you keep rejecting God's salvation and we take the guilt of that sin. You're not supposed to take the guilt of the sin. God cleansed you of unrighteousness. And the Bible says when he forgives you, he forgives the guilt of your sin. You shouldn't even feel guilty. I know we feel guilty for not feeling guilty. We feel bad. It's like, well, I've got to prove to God I'm sorry. You don't have to prove to God you're sorry. He never asked you to do that. He said, you come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? For you need grace in a time of need. That's when you need help. And he says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of how much? So if you cleanse of all unrighteousness, how much is left? You're now righteous, isn't that right? And righteous people don't feel guilty. Amen. That's why it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against you in judgment, you condemn. For this is the heritage. Your righteousness is from me. See, when we don't feel righteous, we find we can't reject the enemy. But when you know who you are as a righteous son of God, if the devil ever comes up and tries to come against you, you stand against that and you say, I'm standing against you. And he says, who do you think you are? I saw what you did. Excuse me. That's between me and God. Got nothing to do with you. I'm standing here as a righteous son of God. And as a righteous son of God, your only option left is fled. That's all that's left, left for you to do is flee. So go ahead and flee. Be fled. And then he tries to chirp, chirp. I'm speaking, you fled. I consider you fled. See, there's a boldness that comes upon you. And you need to be able to walk in that boldness. Why? Because you're going to walk in the full power that Jesus walked in. The Spirit of God is upon him because he's anointed to preach good news to the poor. Sent to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, and to preach recovery. Great recovery. That's your portion. I said, that's your portion. You're anointed. Same Holy Spirit. Not type B. You got the same Holy Spirit. You born again? Lift that hand up. Say, I'm born again. The same Holy Spirit. That lived in Jesus, lives in me. Same Holy Spirit, wanting to do exactly the same work that Jesus did. Hallelujah. Look at Acts chapter 1. 
Verse 4. And being assembled together with them, the disciples, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. John truly baptized with water. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they'd come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Family, whenever you see the Holy Spirit present, you're going to experience power. Do you have the Holy Spirit within you? You have power within you. Which power? Which power? You don't have to rely on ESCOM's power. There's no load shedding from heaven. Heaven doesn't load shed. It's the same power that when God said, light be in 24 hours, there's 16 billion miles of space. Universe, creative power lives inside of you. Isn't that amazing? Like having a heavenly nuclear power plant. A nuclear power plant is like a matchstick in a forest fire. When you're talking about the power of God, what kind of power do you need to generate a universe? That's the power that lives in you. If you could get revelation of that, you couldn't sit still in your chair. Amen. Sometimes we pray for someone and go, is anything No, get ready for power. Everybody shout power. You will receive power when when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Everybody say witnesses. You and I are sent into this earth to demonstrate God's power. We don't have to try and convince people. Today everybody's got their own opinion and argument and discussion and, and it becomes a debate. I don't enter debate. I don't enter debate. I don't have to debate if God heals today or not. Yeah, but what about this scripture and what about this one and this one wrote in this video? And have you watched this video and they send you 10, 20, 30 videos? I don't need anything. I'm not here to debate with you. Here's my wife. Had a disease. Doctors say incurable. X-ray shows clean. Here's a doctor who says neither one of you can produce a child. There's three children of our own loins. He said, I would be leaving inheritance to my children's children. My children's children are here. Well, I had a children's child. Now I've got children's children. Now I'm more qualified. That means I've got even more inheritance coming. I'm getting even more wealthy 
to take care of this growing band of children's children. God's true to His Word. If He says, leave an inheritance, He's got to come through me. And when we say inheritance, we're not talking about the TV with a broken remote. No, we're talking about full provision. Full provision that my children can live off and then their children will live off. Hallelujah. What are we talking about? Witnesses. You don't have to debate. You will see the power. I don't have to debate with you the word. Just watch. Boom. There's power when you stand in the word of God. And that means we have to grow bold. Get to a place where we're not nervous about talking about our God. Sometimes we, we're nervous because what if it doesn't work? Then it's not going to work. You don't go into it with a what if. I said you don't go into it what, with a what if. If you want to declare the word of God, declare it. If you sense in your heart there's something here and I need to pray for it, when I pray, my prayers are healed. I'm fully confident of that. And I want you confident in that as well. Because the same power is in you. Sometimes we think, well, if Pastor Allen can just pray for me. You got the same power. I will pray for you because of the prayer of agreement. Any two agree touching anything, it will be done. But I want you to understand you have exactly the same authority, right, and power available. When you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I said they will recover. They will recover. You will cast out demons. It's what Jesus said. And so he says, you wait until you receive the Holy Spirit and Power. Look at Acts chapter 2. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One accord in one place. One accord in one place. Everyone say one accord. See, that's why it's important to be in unity with your church. We don't want to be fighting and arguing over doctrines. Unity of faith. One accord. Come on. We're always arguing and moaning and complaining. We're not going to be in one accord. But when they were in one accord, what happened? Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Listen, everyone heard them speak in their own language. Wow, listen to this. They were all amazed, marvelous, saying to one another, Look, are these not those who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Roth, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. That's a lot of different languages. And they're all hearing. So it wasn't like they were speaking in those languages. They heard it in those languages. That power had gone now into the people. And so they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. What does that mean? They look drunk. They look drunk. Now, why did they look drunk? 
because they're acting drunk. Now, I don't have to teach you what drunk people look like. We all know. But drunk people don't have any inhibitions. Isn't that right? You don't care who's looking. I know none of you know what I'm talking about. I'm just, you know, some of us weren't born saved. Drunk people don't care what people think. They're the most generous people. They give you the shirt off their back. They just, and you can't hurt them. You can't offend a drunk person. Hello. There's a power. And that's a, there is a counterfeit. The Bible says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to destruction, but be, but be, see, the Holy Spirit. See, Satan tries to imitate through a counterfeit. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will walk in the fullness of God. And there's no hangover. You can be drunk 24 hours a day. On the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Don't care what people think or say. Totally unoffendable. Just live a generous life. Everybody's your friend. Say amen. Amen. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice, verse 14, and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be made known to you. Heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose since it's only the third hour of the day, 9 a.m. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, says God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men dream dreams. I see visions all the time. Hallelujah. (laughs) And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth and beneath. Blood speaks of covenant, fire, presence of the Holy Spirit, vaporous smoke, the direction of God. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Family, we are heading for a great revival. I said, we're heading for a great revival. This world has experienced terrible calamity. They're crying out for answers. You and I as the church are those answers. Be bold in that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're not trying to get people and trying to somehow trick them into coming to church and trying to invite them and please come, God. No, you're just going to be bold and let God do the work. I said, you be bold and let the power of the Holy Spirit go into action. Come down to verse 37. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's available for every believer. I said he's available for every believer. How many you believe in Jesus? And then, of course, verse 40, and with many words he testified, exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day 3,000 souls were added to them. One day, 
3,000 souls. Now, I read the Bible that says the end of a thing is better than its beginning. That was the beginning of the church. We are reaching the end of the days of the church. And the end of a thing is better than its beginning. Do not despise small beginnings. 3,000 souls in one day is a small beginning. See, we've got used to one salvation, two salvations, maybe three a month. No, 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 no. 20 a week, 30 a week. No, no, no. Maybe 100. Uh-uh. We're going back to mass salvation. Say amen. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That's the covenant meal. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 46, and continuing daily, daily, everyone say daily, with one accord in the temple, they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church, He added to the church, daily those who were being saved. We're not waiting for a Sunday anymore. Every day. Every day. Family of God, don't worry about how many people are allowed in the building. You bring friends. You bring family. Because you're going to get people saved every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just name anyone with a day behind it. You can get someone saved. And bring them in. Amen. And notice it was when they had received that power and continued in the apostles' doctrine. See, the devil will do everything he can to work and separate us. Get you away from me. God put you into my life, put me into your life, because he's delivered a man of God that will feed the faith that you need in your heart. God knows who you need to get faith into your heart. Come on, how many you sense when you're in, the, in a meeting like this, you are empowered, you go home filled See, it's not just about just lying on the floor shaking. That can happen. That does happen. We trust God for that. We do believe that is so. But you notice it was in the apostles' doctrine. And every day they were meeting together and hearing the word and hearing the word. Why? Because by hearing the word, faith comes. And when that faith comes, you believe God is. And He is a rewarder. If I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I'm fully convinced of that. Why? Because my prayers are answered. Now you can say amen. amen. Say the same thing. Say, my prayers are answered. And you see, some people were nervous about saying that. Say this, my prayers are always answered. You're not being arrogant. It, God said it. If you call on me, I will answer. Did he say that? You serve a covenant God that if he says, call on me, I will answer. It's not like when you call, he's busy. No, you call, I will answer. And so you can call on God and trust him. Because he's saying, yeah, you have that same power. Amen. Look at verse, chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore. Be converted. Why? So your sins may be blotted out. Why? So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. Now listen to this. Whom heaven must receive until. When's Jesus coming back? The times of restoration of all things, which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets since the world began. Restoration of B. 
Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. And you have dominion. You have dominion. How are you doing? Well, under the circumstances. No, what are you doing under the circumstances? Get out from under the circumstances. You dominate the circumstances. You decide what your day is going to be. Up front, you set the day in your prayer time. I don't go to work and shandaranda tie my bow tie while driving through traffic and shouting at people and get back. No, let us go listen to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No, get up earlier. Spend time in the presence of God. Set your day. Declare ahead of time. Favor surrounds me everywhere I go. Favor happens. God orders my steps. I'm filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Whoever I pray for, that prayer will be answered. When I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I'm going to lead someone to the Lord. Show me who that is today, Father. I'm trusting you. Everything I put my hand to prospers and succeeds. I'm setting my day. Why? Because he said, he said it, he spoke. He said, this must be restored. Everything a prophet has spoken. His words are yes and amen. It really bothers me when I hear a preacher who's supposed to be filling the people with faith say things like, no is also an answer. Please find me that scripture. If you can show me it is written, then I will have to change my doctrine. But the Bible I read, and up till the latest edition, it still says, and when I got saved, it said it, and with every upgrade and update of my electronic Bible, it still says the same thing. That all His promises are yes, yes and, yes. does your Bible say that? If your Bible says that, raise your hand. You sure? Have you read that? All His promises. See, the only reason why it seems like things don't work is because we're not basing it on Scripture. Amen. It's like a young guy, you know, he says, Pastor, can you stand in agreement with you? There's that really beautiful girl over there. I, would, I believe that's my wife. And I say, how long you been in this church? Oh, no, for many years. So you do know that beautiful woman is married. Yes, I know, but God, I believe she's my wife. No, no, no. That, that, that's not even a prayer. Why? Because it's not based on faith. God hates divorce. I said, God hates divorce. Does he hate divorce? So without faith, it's impossible to please. If he's in hate, it's not pleased. So there's no faith. There's no word base. So that's not God saying no. It's that stupid head that's doing something contrary to what God's word says. You can't put that on God not answering your prayer. But you go to the Word of God and you find a promise from God and you stand on that Word, you get a yes. That's God's yes. I said that is God's yes and your yes line up together. Amen. Soon after that, Peter in that power heals a man. And the whole city is in uproar. I mean, Jesus went about doing all these things. Now, these little Christs, these Christians, are doing the same thing. 
And so they call him in. They say, now, what, who, how are you managing to do this? And Peter says, look at chapter, seven, uh, chapter 4, Acts 4, verse 7. When they set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter, Peter, filled with, there he is again, filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's are not just there to, to be the healing miracle power. He's even there to help you answer. Whatever you question, whatever you need, the same power is available. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, God raised from the dead. By him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, uh, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men. They hadn't been to Bible college. They marveled. And they realized they had been with Jesus. Do people realize you have been with Jesus? Have you noticed how some people you hang around, they can quote scripture, but it's like baby powder coming out of their mouth. Dry. Have you ever been to, you know, maybe a funeral service or a friend's a wedding or whatever, and you can tell that preacher has not been with God. I'm not getting down on anybody because I want every man of God to be filled with power. But someone just says, you know, they can read the announcements and you, you sense the anointing. Because they've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. See, family, you can't fake this. I said you can't fake this. You can't stand up and act anointed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And just look at it. What's going on with you? What are you trying to do? And it's also not a sound. And the Lord is with you. And the Lord will touch you. What are you doing? You don't fake the anointing. Try pray for someone and they're not going down and they're like, you know, at what point are you going to give up? I mean, they're really like a banana and the person like, you don't fake the anointing. You will know when someone's been with Jesus. Yeah, these men were uneducated. I mean, you don't need... You don't need a degree. It's good to study. Paul said, study to show yourself approved. We understand renewing the mind and filling ourselves because you can't believe God beyond your knowledge of what His Word says. But we're not talking about an education yet. You need to do your job. I want my doctor to have done his study and become a good doctor. 
We're not talking about in that area. I'm talking about the power of God. Someone can be born again for five seconds and the devil show up. He can turn around and cast that devil out. He doesn't even know, have to know what Revelation 13, 7 says. Just a random verse. Someone's wondering, what does it say? No, that's just a random number. Because sometimes the devil gets us, you quote a scripture and he goes, where's that? I don't care where it is. It says. The numbers were only put in much later. They weren't quoted by God. You think God's speaking to Paul. You know, two Corinthians, call this one two Corinthians, chapter five. And no, the numbers were put in later. These men were uneducated, fishermen and all, you know. And God moved in power. So they realized, well, we can't do anything else. They threatened them and told them, well, just stop preaching. Okay. Now look at verse 23. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven, the earth, and the sea, and all that is in them. And by the mouth of your servant David, you said, what they're saying, you're the same God. What you did at it is written, and you said, like be, right in the beginning, all these other men, what you did, and you said to your servant David, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly, it's against your holy servant whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Listen to this now. And grant your servants that with all boldness they may do what? Speak your word. Speak your word. Speak your word. Sometimes people judge the power in a service by how many people fell over. Now, I've been in meetings where an entire, our entire economy, whole sections would fall under the Spirit of God. And it's awesome when that happens. But what about the night when nothing, no one falls? Well, where was God? Where was the power? Now, hang on. Lord, we want power to do what? Speak your word. Speak your word. We are out here to declare God's word into situations. And as you speak the word, you stretch out your hand to heal. That signs and wonders are done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And what happened? When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Listen to this. And they were all, what happened? There they filled again. Same disciples as in Acts chapter 2. They are now filled with the Holy Spirit, and what happened? As a result of being filled, they spoke the word of God with boldness. Family, I declare today, a spirit of boldness is coming upon you. Never again will you be intimidated by something Satan's throwing your way. You will not be silenced. 
in the presence of people who don't understand you and persecute you and try to mock you and criticize you. You don't ever have to apologize again for the Word of God. You do not back down. I'm not talking about getting ugly and Bible bashing. I'm talking about in the midst of a situation, declare the Word boldly. People need to see it. They need to hear it. Hallelujah. Because when you speak, the miracle will happen. And they will go, hang on. You spoke and that happened. I perceive you've been with Jesus. That's when people will want to know God. Amen. Family of God, I believe that we are in this season right now where God's ready to do mighty, mighty restoration. And sometimes when we read about these things, we think that's for my life. Yes, it is. You claim it, it is yours. But I'm saying it's going beyond that. You are blessed to be a blessing. Talking about great recovery, you're going to start speaking to people in your workplace, in your situation. They may land up with a problem that they've lost something, something's gone wrong, they're sick or they need God's help. And you can stretch out and say, indeed, you're going to see recovery. We're going to recover all right here. Let me pray for you. And you pray boldly. And watch what God does. We're going to hear great and mighty stories coming in. Many, many, many testimonies. Why? Because of boldness. The power of the Holy Spirit.